This is Lance Wallnow bringing you another special episode of Lance Wallnow Show. And I'm so glad that you're with me today. I've got a broadcast that I'm going to continue today with Mario Murillo, Todd Coconato, and me talking about the Marxist takeover of America and the move of God, the revival and the, uh, the courage move that is happening this year. And the swing states are going to be the center of it. Whoo, boy, have we got a show. You've got to, we're going to pick it up, actually. It's part two from yesterday. Uh, but before I go a step further, I want to share with you a special report given to me by a fellow that I look to for insight on politics, debt, inflation, and investment. He just wrote to me something. He said, the longer gold sits below 2,000, the more energy builds within it as people look for a way to hedge against the political insanity of 2024. He tells me here that everyone's listening to him is really well positioned in their commodity portfolio. He suspects that gold could easily spike to 2,500 an ounce, and if not, may even overshoot to 3,000, and silver will likewise follow because they go together. Now, I'm not an expert in these things. It's why I study the advice of experts. But I'm telling you right now, you need to go to lancewallacom forward slash birch because you have to start somewhere. And uh, if the dollar is on fire, or the American economy is shaken. And Lord, how anything could happen in 2024, you want to have at least this peace of mind that your family, your investments, your wealth, your retirement, your IRA is positioned in a place that will only be stable when everything shakes. And that's the birch gold and silver scenario. Go to lancewallacom forward slash birch. Get the 20-page report. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's get into the battle over America and the great conflict of Christian nationalism. You're going to love this show. You know, I, I was going to write a blog entitled, Donald Trump Cannot Save America, uh, which is a big reason to vote for him. Because the purpose of a Donald Trump presidency is not to the church to hand over the responsibility to Donald Trump. The only thing that's going to save America is a moral awakening. That's the only thing that's going to save America. So, Lance, I want to ask you, you know, I really believe the devil is not just working uh, from the left, but he's also working from within our own camp <laughs> to keep Christians from being unified. And, and there's these silly misnomers that are constantly being thrown out. And I just want to give an example. There is a Christian movement that is fighting Trump, and uh, nobody's ever heard of them. They're not well-known Christians, but suddenly they have visibility, and they're well-funded, and we need to follow the money. But this infiltration that's going on within the church you know, it's time for unity, isn't it? Don't we need to galvanize around the fact that our nation has been taken over by demonic power and that in order to preserve America, Donald Trump will provide the time. That's all he's going to do is buy us time. And the church failed the first time around. We did not rally around Trump. We did not give him the support he needed to go deep enough and drain the swamp. And look at where we are. And I, I think you need to speak to that, Lance. I have a fear, Mario, uh, and it's a fear of God that um, Donald Trump, I, I use the language, Donald Trump is a wrecking ball to the spirit of political correctness when he was running. 
And uh, then I started looking at these Newsweek magazines, having them on a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball, and it kind of cracked me up. And I realized, my gosh, I'm actually picking up on lines that are being confirmed in the strangest ways. And I felt like the Lord said, the next wrecking ball has to hit the church. And I fear for where we are at right now, because I fear that the reformation we have needed is about to happen in the environment of the division over sorting out who is standing on the Lord's side for the future of America and who is actually standing against the Lord. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a deeper conversation, but in David's kingdom, there was two tests. There was the test of Absalom, and his priests and his leaders got it right on Absalom, but then he had, um, uh, he had Adonijah, another son that rose up in rebellion, and the priest and his team screwed up on that one. I think we're about to enter a period of time when God is going to cause the church to have to get clarity on whether they're standing on one side or the other for America. And that based on that, we're going to see a new church emerging, which is going to contend vigorously for the healthy restoration of the country. The the Maoist philosophy, the communist ideology that Americans don't realize is already and a stage four cancer penetration of academia uh, and of government is that we pit group against group. This is why the diversity, equity, and inclusion thing is so significant, because it's pitting group against group so that they want to put the title Christian nationalist on us. I'm not sure we should accept it. Marjorie Taylor Greene said, yeah, I'm a Christian nationalist. People are accepting it. But I don't like particularly letting the Maoist give us a label because they want to isolate the Christian nationalists from everyone else. I am not a Christian nationalist. Here's my definition. I'm a nationalist who happens to be a Christian. And there are atheist nationalists that I will march with. There are Jewish and Muslim nationalists I will fight alongside. There are agnostic uh, uh, nationalists. And we stand together against this Maoist, sophisticated dividing of America because you are trying to destroy the country by pitting group against group, and Christianity will stop you. You know, I have a history of this myself, uh, Lance, and that was great, by the way. That was a great statement you just made. When I was at the University of California at Berkeley in the heat of the Jesus movement, we were called Jesus freaks. And there were, a, there were groups that wanted to accept that moniker and actually celebrate it and say, yeah, we are. We're Jesus freaks. And I had to give a very specific talk one day to all our university students why I was rejecting the label. Because what it was implying is that you are similar to the hippies. It's just you have a different drug. You're, you've got, they've got the love culture. They're high on LSD and marijuana and whatever, and an endless list of drugs. But you are high on Jesus. In other words, the, the left was using the statement from Lenin that, that religion is the opiate of the masses. So I sat with our students and I said, we are going to reject that label. We're not going to accept that label because Christ did not make me a freak and I'm not high on Jesus. What I am is delivered, set free in my right mind. My feet are on the ground and I'm rational. And I agree with you. 
The same thing applies to the Christian nationalist label. We should reject it as a slur. If anything, you look at me, what am I, a Christian nationalist? No, I'm a Christian rationalist. I'm in my right mind. And in my right mind, I know that God in 1776 on July the 4th did a miracle. The largest power in the world was defeated by people basically with farm tools and a very amazing general, George Washington. But the fact was, it was the gospel. It was the ability for the people that loved freedom and the Christians who loved God to form a righteous union in terms of creating a system. And that system is worth saving, and it's a Christian thing to save it. So that's why I believe we need to reject the slur of Christian nationalists. I am not a Christian nationalist. That's right. That's good, Mark. And and it's because the Maoist philosophy is to create a kind of oppression Olympics where you identify group against group, and then we become the oppressor in the strange way that Israel suddenly became the oppressor after Hamas goes in, rapes, and mutilates 1,200 innocent civilians, and they're celebrated on the United United States campuses because the narrative of the left is to say, well, the Jewish people are the oppressors and the the Gaza Strip uh, Palestinians are the oppressed, playing into this narrative in America. The completion of Mumford's thesis, I want to make sure I close the loop on this with Frankenstein, that he said... He said, what happens in a nation is, remember, Frankenstein was a corpse uh, put together by different dead parts. But the electricity goes in and shocks him. And he said, at some point, there can be a fusion of the demonic ideology with a body that is willing to incorporate it. And then it gets up off the table, slides off, and starts terrorizing the villagers. We had a whole summer of seven months of terrorized villagers with the first iteration of what it looks like when Trump was in office. I could promise you, if we don't recover control of uh, of that operating room up there, the next level of, 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 of mobilized Frankenstein is going to start coming from government down all the way to persecuting the citizens because that's what the FBI is doing when they are tracking domestic terrorists and the terrorist is the conservative Christian. Hmm. That's it. And now Todd, you gotta, that, that was powerful. All right, now we have a new group of Christian organizations forming with unknown preachers that are getting a lot of visibility for their opposition. And what they've done is they've created a synthetic version of the Christian faith that says, in effect, we shouldn't be opposing any of this. We should be like Jesus. We should understand that the MAGA, quote unquote, movement, it has no compassion for the poor. It is not doing the work of God. How do you answer that, Todd? How do you answer that? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, John F. Kennedy today would have been a MAGA person, I believe. You know, so uh, right. this party has got completely radicalized, and so we're we're talking about the farthest, farthest version of the left that's pushing this on the American public right now and on the world, and the world is watching. 
by the way. And so we respond and we react by bringing forth truth. And that's why there's censorship. That's why we don't have the debates in the public square like we used to. If you think about it, when Newt Gingrich was speaker, you know, back in those days, they used to go across the aisle and have debates. That is now squelched. We can't have those debates anymore because the truth is on our side. The facts are on our side. They have to just censor, censor, censor and, and filibuster and do everything that they can to not let our voices be heard. And thank God we've gone around the system. We're developing apps. We're going on alternative platforms. Guys like Elon Musk have bought Twitter. So, you know, but if you think about it, think about the voices that were behind Trump in 2016. You got Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, uh, Alex Jones. So many of these guys have been completely deplatformed, taken off the news. So we're, we've been in this battle for a while. But see, here's the good news, Mario. I think we're battle hardened and and many people are, are now understanding more of this battle that we're in and people aren't going to fall for the same nonsense that they've fallen for uh, in the last couple of years. I think a lot of people have awakened and this is their biggest nightmare. You know, if you think about the Christian nationalist term, what's the uh, what's the uh, opposite of that? Well, you know, we mentioned atheist on that, but, you know, it's globalist. So, you know, when you think about the borders that are being infiltrated, thousands, now millions of people coming across the border. Any, any Joe Schmo on the street, whether they're right or left, they're not going to like their jobs being taken, their cities being overrun by crime. You know, people know that something is inherently wrong in our country. And so this is the problem is that they don't have the facts. They don't have the data. They don't have anything on their side other than the rules for radicals where you just keep pushing the same thing over and over again until finally somebody will believe it. That's basically all they can do. And today, this show, we have dismantled a good portion of their narrative and they don't have anything after this, Mario. And so that's the good thing about this is that we're on the winning team. Yeah. When you have the Holy Spirit and, you, and, you, and you know, you're a Christian, you're a man of God, woman of God, you're on the winning team and we are going to win. And so the biggest thing is not to grow weary in doing good. This is a moment where we rebuild the walls, we restore the foundation, and we understand who we are in Christ. And so here comes a, another question. Who in their right mind can defend our open border policy. It's a disaster. Who in their right mind can defend our, our foreign policy, not just the open border, but the foreign policy? What we've become on the stage of the world is a total laughingstock. Who can defend the crime in the inner city that universally any city that is Democrat run is got a crime wave? got a homeless problem, an epidemic. What's happened to my hometown, San Francisco, is indefinable. It is now a dystopian trash bin, and it's been turned from one of the most beautiful cities in the world into a disaster by ideology. So how do you defend that? How in this election cycle is Biden going to defend that? That's what this is all about. They can't. So they've got to create this terror, this fear, this Trump is going to do this. Trump is going to do the, the other. And, the, and that's why we've got to stop it, to deflect away from this epic, towering, smoldering mess that the Democrats have turned America into. And, and Lance, why don't you speak to that? Okay, and you, and you keep bringing it up, you circle around to a question that I don't think we've adequately answered. And that yes. is, there is an emerging new group of, uh, of attack dogs that are being funded. Uh, it's kind of like, where did BLM come from? Well, it's 
The activists on the left have always been there. They just needed a branding, a fresh brand. And so they came together under the BLM brand, not realizing it was actually two female lesbian Marxists who were making an attack on white Christian married couples that were heterosexual. Now, when that is the foundation of your first thesis, that we are lesbian Marxists attacking Christianity and white people, that doesn't really market well. What's funny is I got the screenshot of their original website. I never lost it. They don't want me to bring it out. And they kept changing it as it took off and started with George Floyd getting sympathetic corporate donors. It had to constantly reiterate itself to make it look like it really represents um, dealing with racism in America. But I knew its origins. And what you have to know is right now, there's a whole army of new websites coming up and you'll hear from them with journalists you've never heard of before. And if you go to their Twitter account, they have zero people really following them, but they're getting quoted. And weirdly enough, they're getting posted by our evangelical, never Trump, anti-Christian nationalist, apostolic leadership in the charismatic movement. It's a dumb move because these are the sock puppets of the Soroses. These are the proxy preachers. Like we're fighting Russia through Ukraine uh, and Iran is fighting Israel through Hamas. These, these people are funded attack dogs that are propped up by demonic money forces that are there to attack you, slander you, and, and, and in a sense fatigue and embarrass the people of God who are not prone to confrontation in the first place. I mean, that's the part that makes me passionate and a little bit agitated. I hate seeing good people bullied. And, and especially when I think of our children, that's what makes me go flush in the face. These people are gonna emerge, but we'll, keep, we'll call them out, Mario and, and Todd, on this show, we'll let you know who they are. And I already told you, the better known ones that couldn't get the money together to, for their movement were the Russell Moores and the David Frenches and, 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 the, uh, David, and, and, the, uh, and the Brooks, David Brooks. But here's the deal. Our viewers, mostly charismatic Christians, you know, good old folks, they don't know these folks. They write for the Atlantic. They're quoted in the New York Times. But you've got to know who they are because they're on television representing the left's attack against this move of God. And now... I want to get to what we're going to do about all this. We got about 10 minutes left, Lance. You and I are going to do some events together. And uh, Todd, you'll be involved in this as well, buddy. You're coming. So if you think you're out, you're not, Todd. You're in. You're in the mix. Uh, there. But explain a little bit what began as fire and glory has now turned into something even more potent that we're going to do and how we chose the cities that we're going to do this in and we're, what we're going to do in the evening and in the daytime. I think we need to start talking about this. So explain a little bit to them uh, so that we can announce it properly. Okay, Lance. All right. Well, you know, we believe that unity and apostolic unity, especially is going to be indispensable to, um, to, the pro to the saving of America. We have a lot of individuals who for one reason or another have a, have a burr in their butt about picking on Trump or picking on you as a, as a patriot. And, 
And the, the, the solution really isn't to go pushing back on them. We're trying to put the blinders up and say, where's the battle? Todd said it. It's really the, uh, it's, it's the swing voter. It's the person who, like an Elijah confrontation with Jezebel, they're halting between two opinions. They're under a constant bombardment of misinformation. But like the Tuckers that come along and this courageous congressman, this broadcast, when they hear the truth, it breaks the spell off of them. There are key states and key teams we're working with. Turning point, young Charlie Kirk, young guy, just think he turned 30. I have a special love for courageous young Christians of the next generation that are willing to stand on their campus as conservatives and, and say, I am a Christian and quote the Bible. He's now like, I think the sixth most popular podcaster. I'm not jealous of that. I call him up regularly and cheer him on because he's attacked as the face of Christian nationalism. Just asked me recently, what do we say about that? That's why I wanted to get with the elders, so to speak, and have a little meeting. The younger generation saying, we're trying to save America. What do we say to these older guys like Russell Moore and David French when they make us look like we're fanatics? I think it's up to us to take our place as elders and stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Charlie Kirk has 2,500 churches that have decided to stand with an America First agenda. So we're going to join Charlie, and Charlie's joining with us. So we're going to, we, and we had a meeting and decided that Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia are critical swing states. So Todd and Mario, those states, we've got to see the courageous churches come together. So right away, we want to unify. We're not crazy. People can hear us. We're not all, we're in, if you think Tucker's no. crazy, then maybe no. we're crazy. But we're really Christian rationalists. And we see the nation in a crisis. Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, we're going to have the Courage Tour there. We're working with Turning Point. We're working with other organizations, too. Moms for America, Moms for Liberty, Women Concerned Women for America. We're creating a broad net of, if you're a conservative, we're not, remember, we're not using the word Christian nationalist. We are simply Americans trying to save the nation who happen to also be Christians. And we hope you don't have a problem with that because we believe there's one name under heaven whereby man can be saved. And if America doesn't have divine intervention, it's sunk. We're going back old school Billy Graham. The gospel is the only thing that will save America. And we're going to preach it strong and hard. But we're going for Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia. We're also going for Michigan. We're going to go to uh, Pennsylvania. The swing states is where we're heading. And the Courage Tour is going to be where you're going to come out. We want the churches to stand together because we're going to have thousands of souls saved. And those people are going to have to go to strong churches. Oral Roberts, I read his biography recently, autobiography. He said one of his great griefs was he had a revival, Mario, and was putting yeah. the infants on the barren breasts of churches that could not nourish them. We must put this movement on the breast of pastors who are civically enlightened, able to preach the gospel and not back down. We're going to see thousands of souls go into these churches, and we're encouraging the churches to stand with us. Well, you know what I want to say at the end of this uh, broadcast? I'm going to, uh, for our people, I'm going to have to, to land the plane for the Lance Wellnow Show. Let me just say this. I'm reading some reports that are coming to me on the propaganda battle, the election battle, the financial battle, 
And uh, here's a statement that I actually believe is more prophetic than anything else I've heard. The gloves are going to come off in the fight over the future of the United States. The final rounds of 2024 are going to resemble the slugfest at the end of Rocky II, when Rocky and Apollo Creed knock each other to the mat and the first one back to his feet wins. I believe that the Bible, admonition to having done all the stand, stand therefore, is our word for this year. It's going to be a knockdown, drag out, fight, but the first one to their feet will win. And I believe that having done all the stand, we will stand. And I believe you're going to stand with us also this year. And you want to go to lancewallet.com forward slash podcast uh, to make sure that you're, you're on, on the alert for the app and you're, you're watching these shows on a regular basis. Those of you that are on social media, go ahead and like and subscribe. Share them because we have some unusual suppression, as you can imagine, on various platforms. I look forward to giving you our next perspective tomorrow. I've got some things we want to talk about. Uh, in tomorrow's broadcast, I couldn't get into today with our new format here with my friends Todd and Mario, but we'll be back again with a regular show tomorrow. God bless you. I want to take a moment to talk about the volatile financial time that we're in, and I want you to empower yourself with knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge, the Bible says. Visit lancewalla.com forward slash birch and get a free information kit. Consider discussing how to shift your 401k or your retirement account into a tax-sheltered gold and silver account. Why don't you go to lancewallnow.com forward slash birch right now and take action for a secure future. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.